Welcome to another edition of the IDS Talks podcast. This is our transatlantic tea time podcast, where I'll be talking with my friend and colleague, Tim LaTulip, about a new initiative for uh, him in 2023 and the launch of D3 or D cubed, delightfully digestible data. Today, we'll be talking to Tim specifically about 2023 trends. And if you're interested in receiving D3, We'll share the details with you later in the podcast. Let me uh, let me start us off. Welcome to 2023, my friend. And and thank you for that warm welcome, Mr. Sachs. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Bon année, etc. Welcome to uh, a new year, and hopefully, it's uh, better than 2022 in some respects. Hallelujah. Um, so you started off 2023 with, well, you gave us a teaser, I think, at the end of 2022. But this uh, decubed or uh, delightfully digestible data updates that you're sending over to the community in the UK and the rest of Europe. Tell us all about it. Sure. The, the idea there was to get information out to our community. So people we know, people we know tangentially, people we'd like to know better. And, and the whole concept there was to take quite a lot of fast moving, high volume information out there and make it digestible. Uh, too often people are inundated on LinkedIn via news blasts and that sort of thing. So we decided to go to a little more of a basic format and um, use kind of a simple email outreach uh, framework. So every, I don't know, month or so, could, could be more, could be less, we push this delightfully digestible data uh, sort of article out to people. And it covers things that we've seen that might be interesting, cases that we've personally worked on, however sanitized that that information might be. Uh, it might cover trends in certain sectors um, of, of, of the legal space or areas outside of, of law uh, altogether that might uh, rely upon data interrogation to solve challenges. But the idea is to kind of make it humorous and uh, I've said it multiple times, but digestible. It's got to be something that people want to engage in that doesn't make them fall asleep and gets them kind of soundbite bits of information so they know what's going on uh, that's been synthesized by by kind of experts and consultants in our firm so that they don't have to do all of the, um, the heavy lifting there. Yeah. I see the, uh, in your January edition, it's, um, I think there's four or five topics, no more than a paragraph, maybe a shorter second paragraph, but really concise little bite size, digestible, as you say, uh, pieces of information for people to share. Uh, one of the things I, I liked about it, frankly, is that I believe everyone who receives it is on a BCC. So it's not as if everyone's email address is being shared. So it's kind of discreet. Um, obviously intentional on your part, correct? Correct. We're, we're pretty cognizant of data privacy and protection in Europe and, and don't really want to be uh, sharing other people's PII around and information if, if we can avoid it. And also nobody wants that nasty reply all business going on. So it, it tends to go to people we know pretty well, or at least peripherally. Uh, you know, we're not getting some giant list of people we don't know and, and, and sort of throwing this information at them. This is a little more community driven than that. Which means it's not taken, email addresses are not taken from a list. You're not 
uh, as you say, blasting the world. So those who are already getting it, lucky. Uh, those who want to get it, uh, reach out to you, message you on LinkedIn, and they get added to the list, Tim? That's it. Yep. It's, it's happened a few times. Some of our friends and, and clients have flicked it on to um, someone in their firm or their company and said, Hey, may I receive this the next time you do one or something like that. So it's, it's fairly organic that way. I think that's, I think that's great. Like I said, I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, so let's, since this is our first delightfully digestible data recording podcast together, um, and we've laid out kind of what it's going to look like going forward for those who didn't get January's edition. And it is uh, the one that's going to start the year off. You chose to focus on some of the trends of what you expect to happen perhaps here in 2023. So in a digestible couple of words, what are those trends? That's, that's a great question. So we, we sort of broke it down into a couple of sections. Um, again, very very, very bite-sized. But the first thing we looked at was, was litigation. This, this is something our firm works on internationally quite a lot. We've, we've sort of, we sort of got the impression from putting our ear to the ground, chatting to lots of uh, contacts and friends in the community, whether they be working for auditors, law firms, companies, um, funders, all, all kinds of institutions. The sense that we get is that insolvency litigation is going to play a big part of, of 2023. I don't think that's unique to the UK and Europe. That's actually that's probably more international than that, if I had to guess. Some some markets will be further along in that. Uh, the UK has quite a reputation and and um, uh, a plethora of, of of insolvency type litigation, and, and there's quite a lot of skilled practitioners here in that arena. So it tends to be an area where where we see a fair bit of that. Also, speaking of London, uh, insurance litigation and claims defense will probably continue, not just this year, but onward for the, for the foreseeable future. London being the sort of international hub of insurance with the Lloyd syndicates here. So th- there's going to be a lot, of, lot more cases we, we suspect and, and, and gather from our, from our colleagues in the market around um, you know, br- breach of contract and warranty around the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, were funds provided for PPE to certain institutions that they had the right cover, these sorts of things. I, I suspect all things COVID related will, will persist not only this year, uh, maybe kick up in earnest this year, but will likely persist in, in the years to come. Tim, related to the, to the COVID type litigations, I mean, specifically furlough fraud is something that frankly, we've talked about before and was something that we believed was going to be much more prevalent um, in 2022. Is that a trend you think in 2023 we might start seeing? I would say, I'd, I would cautiously say yes, because there are actually a number of firms around us in the UK who, as of I think even this week or or last week are starting to put on their own webinars and sessions to the public regarding furlough fraud. It is not an issue that evaporated. I think Dan Ruprecht and our team and and a couple others were quite novel and ahead of this by at least 18 months, kind of forecasting a future problem that involved data. But but the concept there for for anyone who's listening is really trying to understand uh, the, the issues around the furlough fraud 
in general. So j- just leveraging data to understand, uh, you know, if, if people were working when they said they were working, the, these sorts of things. I, I won't get into the to, to the nitty gritty of it, but it's it's an interesting topic that we're going to pay attention to. Nitty gritty, not quite so digestible. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, one other one other trend that um, I found interesting because I, as I talked to other people in different organizations and, and they share about how their employees are communicating with each other is a p- possible trend in the area of collaborative communication platforms and not. Yeah, work taking place and communications taking place not through email as much, but through these other other channels. Yeah, I think that's right, Jonathan. And I I think the the pandemic situation forced the hand quite a lot. People were already using Slack, Trello, Teams, you name it, to, to collaborate. We work with quite a few younger organizations. I say younger in quotes that you can't see. I mean, they could be sub ten years old. That that's what I'm qualifying as younger that have grown, have many rounds of funding, do a great job, hire a lot, but never really moved away from those easy to use platforms. And now they're finding themselves subject to regulatory scrutiny, DSARS, all kinds of different issues. And they don't really have a plan to navigate that that data or deal with it. I I think one of the the upsides of of working for IDS uh among the many is that we do have a team of consultants and database driven people who can help make this data clean and reviewable sort of alongside contemporaneous things like email contracts, regular electronic documents, that sort of thing. It's, it's also a, it's also a trend that's I think goes beyond the pandemic. I think a couple of things are happening at once here. And I think you've got the young end of the millennials, which are the the people a bit younger than myself, you've got the uh, I don't know what you call them Gen Gen Z Gen Z here in the UK, and then the people even younger that have never ever communicated with something as arcane as an email, uh, and they communicate exclusively on social media type chats, um, you know, FaceTime, WhatsApp audio messages. They don't they don't type things out the way we used to. So it's going to be really interesting to watch how that progresses, not only in 2023, but again, the many years ahead. Yeah. Interesting. Well, listen, I appreciate you sharing uh, some of the trends uh, for 2023. Appreciate the background to your decubed or delightfully digestible data. So, Tim, happy 2023. Looking forward to uh, many more of these. Angie, my friends, I'll, uh, I'll be seeing you in London shortly, I hope. If you'd like to learn more about IDS or to sign up for Tim's D3 newsletter, visit IDSinc.com. You can find Tim's contact information there on his page, including his LinkedIn address. Thanks again to Tim, and we'll see you the next time on IDS Talks. Mm-hmm.